if you worship intelligence, you will always feel stupid. If you worship power, you always feel powerless. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Today we have Bruno Hayed, who is the founder of Rome, which is a basically allows you to live in interesting places with interesting people for a week or a lifetime. Bruno, how's it going? Good from Miami. Thanks so much for having me, Eric. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Oh, that's a good question that I'm trying to figure out since about 38 years. I've been a tech entrepreneur most of my life, was born in a small Austrian Alpine village, spent the last six years or so mostly in San Francisco, but kept going back and forth between New York, San Francisco, a little bit of Europe. So housing was always a little bit of an issue. And at the same time, about five years ago, you had a new wave of co-living spaces emerging in San Francisco. So those were the early days of 20 Mission and a couple of other notorious, uh, hey, let's find a large space and get a community in there and let's all live together in that environment. And that was always an interesting experience that solved a little bit of the problem of being able to go to San Francisco and find a decent space there, but it never really clicked with me. It was always kind of a compromise. And so about one and a half years ago, a friend mentioned that there is a place totally unrelated, a place in Indonesia suddenly where you have all those coffee shops and co-working spaces popping up and this term of the digital nomad. And then suddenly it makes sense that you can actually start building a lifestyle around all those emerging phenomenons. That's pretty consistent and a pretty good experience and maybe a better choice than like a lot of people live today. Got it. Okay. Great. And so talk a little bit about Rome. You know, what is it exactly? What locations do you have? And, and what, what are the plans in the near future? The basic idea is pretty simple. It's replacing your existing long-term lease in a specific city with a subscription model that lets you go back and forth between places. So right now we do have a location in the middle of Indonesia, in Bali, in Ubud. We do have a location here in Miami. We do have a location in Madrid, in Europe. And as we figured out those diverse locations, we are now eyeing cities like New York, like San Francisco, that are much tough enough to crack. And we wanted to get the experience right before we move to those cities. But basically, we, one day we want to be pretty much everywhere so that it's very easy. You just put out your, get out your phone. You say, hey, I want to go to L.A. for two weeks. Uh, you book yourself into a Rome space and you just go there and everything is there and it works perfectly. Got it. Okay. When you say it, everything is there, what is there exactly? You know, what am I booking? You're booking your private room always with a private bathroom. That's very important because we not only cater to uh, the typical late 20s designer programmer, but to a much broader audience. But the real product happens in the shared spaces. So each of our locations has a commercial-grade kitchen with the latest sous vide gadgets, pretty much everything you can expect, including your own fridge space, your own storage space. 
We do have a pretty decent co-working space in all of our locations. We do have uh, Cisco Meraki Wi-Fi redundant fiber lines to di two different providers with two different backbones. So that stuff will always work. It's not Airbnb roulette where you end up in a location and you might have a crappy Wi-Fi or the private room turns out to be a curtain behind the kitchen. It's a completely reliable experience no matter where you go. Love it. I like how you say Airbnb roulette. Never heard, heard of that before. <laughs> okay. But you know the experience. Yeah, no, I, I've had it a couple of times and it, it's hell for sure. So how does this work exactly? Let's say I want to go to Bali. I've been eyeing Bali for quite a while. Ubud's been, you know, up there. People have been talking about it. You know, what is it going to cost me if I want to go to Ubud? Let's just say in like a couple of weeks. We do have a weekly plan that's 500 bucks. So what we're seeing at the moment is that it's the very early days of co-living. So we work with the WeLive product, Common. We all sit in front of the same Rubik's Cube, and we're trying to figure out what is the perfect combination. So how much of it is community? How much is it dependent on the media and rent level where you are? So are people that comparing purely to a housing product? What we are seeing in Bali is that a lot of people want to go there, and they know that there are much cheaper housing options out there. But the housing for us is only the packaging. The real product is the community that you can go there and there are the people who want to accomplish something and that you're immediately immersed in that culture. So, yeah, you can get your own, I don't know, infinity pool villa for maybe half the price, but then you're sitting alone by yourself in that villa. So at the end of the day, people always want to go there and immediately be part of the local culture and of other people. And getting that product right, I think, is also crucial to making co-living work. Interesting. Okay. And what type of people are using Rome right now? I imagine there's a lot of entrepreneurs. I guess what's the breakdown? It's pretty much all over the place. So it's all people who want to accomplish something. And that's a pretty wide definition. So it's not only the programmer or the entrepreneur. It's a lot of people, Bali especially, a lot of people who have their e-commerce business, maybe producing China, selling in the United States. So they're used to going back and forth all the time. We do have, uh, who do we have there, for example, at the moment? Muriel, uh, she's 38 with a daughter. She runs a co-working space in Paris and just wants to spend the summers in different locations. So it's literally, we do have also people who are writers and so on. So it's literally pretty much all backgrounds and all age brackets. So it's not a certain demographic that we say that's the typical Rome customer. That's their age, that's their gender, and that's their profession. Love it. Okay. Great. And I, I want to talk about you know how you guys launch. I found you guys on Product Hunt. And for those that, that haven't heard of Product Hunt, it's basically like Reddit for, for products. And you guys got about 977 upvotes, which is a ton. And I just wanted to ask you, you know, uh, first of all, what has that done for you so far in terms of driving traffic and leads? Product Hunt was pretty good to bootstrap the initial community. The challenge that we face a little bit is this established ecosystem of early adopters, of early digital nomads. And that is a huge overlap with the Product Hunt community. So it was interesting to get critical customers in there. But what we are seeing that our target audience lives more in other media. So what that means is there are more people who maybe toyed around with the idea of one day living location independent Whereas on Product Hunt, you have the hardcore nerds who are living all around the world already for five years. So for them, it's not really a new experience, which was great. And that's the value of Product Hunt, that you get a constructive, good early feedback crowd. So it's not necessarily like Hacker News, which is a similar site that sometimes tends to be a little bit 
on the cynical snarky side. So the product hunt community was really good in the early days to get feedback on here's how you should adjust your positioning, your pricing, the features you're offering. So I would recommend to everyone to at least give it a try to put it on Product Hunt and see what the feedback is. It's a pretty good community for that purpose. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, we, we put our podcast on there all the time and it's, it certainly helped us. We've gotten a lot of great feedback. So I wanted to ask you, I mean, how did you, you know, go about getting to those 977 upvotes? That was organic. I think we asked a couple of friends, hey, can you help us? But otherwise, it was a pretty organic process. There is a ton of blog posts out there that describe how to use Product Hunt in the best possible way. So uh, we even made that mistake. So they start, I think, uh, midnight sharp San Francisco time and then start counting those votes. So what you should do is that you make sure that you're there uh, by midnight, that you have someone from the existing community that introduces the product, that um, tells a short story why this is a meaningful product and its context. Then make sure, like always, be there, be present, engage with people on the platform if they comment, uh, reply to those, those comments, ask questions, and so on. Great. Okay. So there's product hunt we talked about a little bit. I mean, what else are you doing today? What else is working for you in terms of customer acquisition? We're dabbling with pretty much everything. So paid is starting to work for us, especially. So we work with three different personas internally, and one of them is uh, Baby Boomer Beth. And that's kids out of college, out of the house, and they say, okay, I want to see the world, let's do that right now. And that's a very interesting demographic, for example, that works best for us on Facebook. They spend a ton of time on Facebook and are kind of a little bit under-targeted. So that's something that works really well for us. Otherwise, it's mostly referrals. Uh, We had a pretty good PR campaign in the beginning of May because everybody loves the simplicity of the idea, which was important. There's sign one lease, live around the world, it touches so many different aspects on an emotional level that people just keep telling it to their friends whenever they bring it up. And like, mm, I might want to take sabbatical for two months. And hey, have you seen this Rome thing? So we also do see a lot of organic search traffic. So it's kind of different demographics through different channels. But again, it's the very early days. So it's more noise at the moment. And we just start seeing the first very small patterns that we try to double down on. I love it. Okay. And you, you just mentioned, you know, it's very early days right now. I just wanted to know, you know, what's one big struggle you faced while growing the business so far? I think it's from making the product actionable and making the purchase decision actionable. It's good because it's really aspirational. At the same time, a lot of people are saying, oh, that's so awesome. I'm definitely going to do this. I'm going to live in Bali. I'm going to live in all those beautiful locations next year, maybe. So what we really have to be careful on, what we put the most work in at the moment is how can we create products? That's one of the reasons why we don't only offer monthly plans like we did initially, but weekly plans. How can we make this actionable? How can we tell people, hey, you can live that lifestyle. Come to Bali, give it a try for two weeks, go back home. And then people say that was actually a really good experience. That was really productive in the middle of the jungle in this beautiful place. Let's try Miami next for two months. So it's a lot of customer education in the early days. And so trying to lower those barriers and really see what the blockers along the user journey are was most crucial for us. And is also the hardest struggle because it's a lot of stuff like pets, for example. We never assumed, okay, about 30% of our potential target demographic has pets, have pets at home. What are they going to do with them when they are in Bali for two months or in Miami? So figuring all that stuff out, removing those blockers along, those, uh, along the customer journey and making sure that the product is actionable. 
Love it. Okay. And I have a selfish question here. You know, people say, uh, because I, I'm focused on Bali right now, people, people say that, Hey, like, you know, staying in Bali for, you know, seven to 10 days is not enough. You got to go for at least two to three weeks. What's your take on that? I would agree. I mean, it's not only the length of the flight, no, it depends on how good you can uh, sleep on a plane. It's a really beautiful place. And it's really, no matter if you stay at Rome or some other place, it's, there's a ton of really good infrastructure there. So even if you shy back to say, hey, I can leave my business for more than seven or 10 days, give it two or three weeks. You can find a ton of places to work out of. You have decent internet. You have a really good, strong, supportive community, a couple of co-working spaces where you can just show up, find mutual support. So you can really get shit done in Bali as well and have a good time at the same time. So take two or three weeks would be my recommendation. Love it. Okay. Well, I'm going to go a little deep here now, Bruno. Are you ready? Absolutely. All right. What's one big thing, positive or negative, that has impacted your life dramatically? I'm Austrian, so I can talk about childhood issues for the rest of the day. This is a simple one. I think it's it's mostly forcing function dotted throughout my life. Quite reluctant. So even doing that, I never backpacked through Southeast Asia in my early 20s. I never got in Europe. It's pretty common that in your early 20s, you buy a plane. Uh, train ticket that's valid for two months and you just crisscross Europe. I never did that stuff. So I was always really grateful about the different forcing functions that often came through bad moments, like my mom dying and not having any attachment anymore to the area where I grew up, to uh, a business failing, being completely broke and hate as this crazy person who wants to start something called a co-living space in San Francisco. Do you want to help out in the early days? So those were always, following those was always good in my life and I always appreciated that. Okay, great. And that transitions into my next question. What's one piece of advice you'd give to your 25-year-old self? You're good enough. There's this really good part of in this David Foster Wallace, this famous, this is water speech, uh, where he talks about everybody's religious. So if you worship intelligence, you will always feel stupid. If you worship power, you always feel powerless. And I think it was always this... I have to one-up myself in was mostly about cleverness. I think that was kind of my drug. And realize that you're good enough and, and make sure that you develop your skills broadly and not go too narrow, too deep. Yeah, I think that would be it. Love it. Great advice. What's one new tool you added in the last year that has added lots of value? Could be a purchase, could be like an online tool. Uh, Inbox Zero, really sticking to it. It's not really a tool, I know, but it really helped me being disciplined about this and trying to make sure to reach Inbox Zero every evening and every week, the worst. So do you use any tool around that? No, not really. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm like totally opposite. So I use a tool called Samebox. I know it automatically kind of try to claim things up. I'm air quoting right now. But, you know, for whatever reason, I still have thousands of unread emails. Um, I kind of just glance over them and, and skip through them. So I definitely envy the people that can do inbox zero because I just, I guess I don't have that attention span. <laughs> Same here. I never thought I could do it. And then for some reason, I think it started mostly with unsubscribing to a lot of mailing lists and only the stuff that I really like. So, so you get rid of this noise that makes 80% and then you can focus on the really good stuff. Maybe declare bankruptcy and start from there. <laughs> Send everybody an email. That was it. Let's start from scratch. Love it. Okay. What's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? Oh, that's a really good one. I love reading short form, but I'm really bad with books. 
What's a book that everyone should read? As we are on the growth, could be anything. One of the best marketing books I still like because it's also a lot about organizational development and so on is Made to Stick. I don't know who wrote it. It's about seven year old marketing book, and it's a really good one. It's how can you boil down the stories so they really scratch an itch and that they are made to stick. Great. You know, I'm struggling to remember the name as well, but I know it's a, it's a great book. We'll drop that in the show notes for sure. And what would you say the ultimate, you know, you, you just started Rome, basically, you know, it, it's still fairly new. What is the ultimate goal? What are you trying to get to? We're thinking about the future of housing. And obviously, that's one of the few remaining industries where everything from the physical product, how we build our houses, how we organize our communities, how the product is delivered, again, long-term leases or 30-year mortgages. It's a pretty quaint system. And I think there is a ton of opportunity to just come in with a completely new approach. And that's where we want to be. Awesome. Well, Bruno, this has been fantastic. What's the best way for people to find you online? Rome.co. All right, everyone, make sure you check out Rome.co. I made sure that I signed up early and I am going to be heading to Bali and I'm definitely going to be looking into either Rome or either Airbnb or maybe both. Who knows? So everyone, make sure to check it out again. Bruno, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks so much. Likewise, Eric. It was a pleasure being on the show. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.